Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. We want to welcome to our uh, Spirit Watch podcast here uh, a, a lady by the name of June Stickler, who we really appreciate coming on to share with us her perspectives on what she saw while um, uh, moving among and being a part of, in a very intimate way, the members of the Glassdoor community. And I believe those are from 2013 to 2017. So you're with them, uh, associated with about four years. I think the best people involved in an, an unbelievable story that want to help you believe it need to be the ones telling it. And, and I've always been of the persuasion that those who can best tell the truth are those who have been there and been involved in it. Those who are the first person witnesses to things that to most anyone else outside it would seem absolutely unbelievable. But, Unfortunately, um, that is typically almost always the case. And, and, and for the past several, uh, weeks and months, we have been uh, addressing, uh, the unbelievable kinds of spiritual, religious, and personal abuse and intrusion that people have felt under the impact of many false teachers, false shepherds, uh, people who say to be prophets or great leaders. Uh, and, and, and seek to bring people to God in their own unique, special way. And over and over, uh, we have been uh, addressing that and, and seeing that sometimes, like we often like to say, or not all that glitters is necessarily gold. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, Paul the Apostle wrote that such are false apostles, deceitful workers, who have transformed themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And sadly, that's the, the state of affairs that we see going on within the, the realm of the Gladstone community led by Zach Ijinsky and, and a variety of other uh, senior elders, uh, people who I believe started out with with, with uh, good intentions, but uh, as we all know, the road to hell is often paved with good intention. And they are now in a place where, where they, they need to be told the truth about themselves. And June, I, I think you having been there, you're the best person I think that I know that can, that can uh, tell these sort of things except those uh, who also were there. And so I really would like to thank you for once again for being willing to take the time and share with us this. And maybe we can start by you first sharing us how you got involved uh, with them. How did you get involved with uh, the Gladstone community, you and your husband? Well, in December of 2013, I made a church visit to the Marymount Community Church. And so that was my first introduction to these young adults uh, that were part of Gladstone, although I did not at that time know 
that they had a name. And uh, but they were so enthusiastic, and this is the age group that many churches are seeing uh, leave the church. And so I was wondering, what on earth is this group, this body doing uh, that is keeping them here? What what's motivating them? So right. it caused me to come back, and um, I soon learned that that Marymount community and Gladstone community uh, were two separate churches, but were meeting together at that time. And they had a, um, a late breakfast in between the two services, two morning services that the two congregations, the two people, two groups of services could interact. And that was the time when I was able to really personally sit down and, hear their stories and their desire to follow Christ. So that's how it started. Hmm. So you really, you and your husband really just thought, well, this is such a, seems like such a wonderful thing to see young men and women uh, passionately seeking God and seeking to serve one another. I mean, of course, that sounds, that sounds so inspiring to anyone, anywhere, wouldn't it? And then that's what we're doing, right? right? It was, and it was just a delight to meet them and, um, really, the love of Christ just seemed to exude out of them. It was just the joy to to be fellowshipping with them and and gaining um, the their company, their fellowship, their interaction. We just um, were just drawn to them. Right. So you both got really involved with them. I understand you. You really got uh, quite uh, um, uh, not. Uh, quite occupied with, with, with a lot of their activities. What, what, what were they doing that uh, you got involved with? Well, uh, first is Sunday morning church service. And then um, by September 2014, the two groups, Marymount Community Church and then Gladstone Community Church, they uh, began meeting separately. Um, and the Gladstone group went up the street to the old Marymount Chapel so we went with them. Um, we just enjoyed them too much and their zeal for the Lord. But at the same time, we would, at the end of that service, we went back for the 11 o'clock service at Marymount for, so for, uh, all of, uh, that following year, starting in September 2014 until probably the next year, September 2015, we mm-hmm. met with both congregations. Okay. Um, and um you getting blessing and the blessing, huh? <laughs> yes, and and uh um that we got invited to um also join their Thursday night Bible study. Um so we began doing that as well. Um and they have a light uh supper before that, Thursday night service, we joined them for that. We began uh, joining them after the Sunday morning service for their lunch after that. Um, any events that they had going on, whether it be a holiday party or a fundraiser, um, we would attend. So for the next four plus years, we they were a big part of our life. Yeah, yeah. And they accepted you quite readily. I mean, uh, considering that they're all... A, Primarily a very younger group of people, and uh, 
you were older, of course, but the, but they that they just didn't seem to matter. They just welcomed you with open arms. Yeah, that uh, well, because we had so taken them into our hearts, and we've spent time getting to know them, getting to know all of them that were in community at the time, and hearing their stories, and um, they we just embraced them, and and they embraced us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were old. We were old enough to be the grandparents of some of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly age-wise to be parents of uh, most of them. But, yes, they did um, receive uh, these old folks in. <laughs> um, they loved on us. We we loved back on them. Yeah. Um, we, they were just a big delight in our lives. Right. Well, it's certainly uh, a very tragic and unfortunate state of events. And part of the reasons of why we're doing these podcasts is to help people understand the nature of a group they might be considering getting involved with or something they may have heard about. Uh, frankly, there just aren't many places out anywhere to provide objective information about uh, a, a potentially dangerous and unbalanced group other than the Internet. And the Internet, that's that's a danger in itself. I mean, uh, you can't believe everything you read on the Internet, as they say, or, or hear. Mm-hmm. So I am I know that we certainly fall under that skepticism as well. And yet what we've done is provide people to give their own uh, first-person testimonies as to what they've seen. And, and, and everything you've shared with us, uh, June, has just perfectly corroborated everything that, that that's known about them. I mean, maybe there's something else you can say about, about, I think, I think you've shared with me a little bit of information about that. Uh, what have you learned about Zach's origins? Why, where, where did he come from and how did he become leader of a group like, uh, like Gladstone? Well, uh, um, apparently when he was in high school, he had, uh, gotten together uh, and this story I heard from somebody that knew uh, Zach from from uh, elementary school, and I, I had met with him and, and and talked with him, and he shared some things also. That um, when when Zach was, uh, I understand, in in the high school age, he had formed a group around him of of. Um, of uh, um, fellows and he had convinced them that he had supernatural powers and he was actually third in command uh, after God and Jesus and he was this uh, God's warrior um, and he would take them uh, various times to uh, the gr- at night to the grounds of a Catholic seminary uh, in the area, and they would tell them that uh, they were to wait, and he was going to go off and fight uh, the demon leader that was there on the grounds. And this, the point of this seminary, according to him, was uh, the evil spirits there were were planning to destroy the human race or something along that line. Oh, man. So he would go off. He wow. would go off, and and these other guys would wait and. And they were going to get, as I understood, uh, messages via AOL, instant messaging. And after some time of being gone, Zach would come back. Uh, uh, he, there would, he'd actually be bleeding. 
and he would actually appear that he had truly been beaten up. There were times when it appeared that he actually uh, manifested demon possession. He would talk differently, act differently, behave differently, and the group would get these messages via um, AOL instant messaging that that uh, in order to get him free from the demon possession, that they were going to have to to somehow baptize him back to the good side. So then they would try to chase after him and and track him down and try to pin him down and try to somehow baptize him while he uh, vigorously would fight him off. And and this this group went on. (laughs) So at at least at one point, Zach tore apart a Bible. And um, I mean, it was very... It was very, very convincing to these uh, friends that were in this group he formed and that he truly had superhuman powers, that he truly was fighting demonic forces. He would truly come back uh, showing evidence that he was truly bleeding, and he truly appeared authentically that he had been beaten up, and he had these manifestations that really looked like demon possession. So all that he was telling them was very convincing to his high school friends. And this went on now. Um, well, I, I all were experts on demonic possession, right? Well, uh, <laughs> they were experts in the sense of believing him, that he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And um, um, But the young fella that had known him that I have met and talked with, um, uh, he had begun to attend a uh, a church youth group, and he was beginning to hear from scriptures a, a teaching much different kind of uh, thing than what Zach had been teaching. So he kind of had faded away. Um, and But there were some that continued with this group pretty much through uh, Zach's high school years. But, um, but the fellow was uh, somewhat concerned for Zach, and he liked them. I mean, quite frankly, Zach is a really very likable fella. He's, he's got a very nice personality, uh, other than, I guess, if you want to leave Gladstone. <laughs> and a different one comes out. But um, um, So he invited him to come to the newly formed North Star uh, Vineyard Church in Loveland, Ohio, and Zach came. I have n- I have never heard that that uh, Zach had ever uh, attended church prior to this. Uh, whether he did or not, I don't know, but I never heard that way. I I, I never heard that any of his family were were devoted followers of Jesus Christ. But I did did see uh, that they seemed to they would show up at things like a Christmas party. Uh, annual Christmas party, and they they uh, looked quite proud of him, and and that he was leading this group, and and uh, seemed very supportive of him. But um, uh, so Zach now starts in 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 high school. At some point, um, he starts attending these things, and he gets very captivated in the teach in end time prophecy teachings. And by the time he's pretty much finishing high school, he's pretty well convinced that he fully understands the Book of Revelation. And uh, um, and he looked like a zealous young man, eager to grow as a Christian, it appeared, and, and whatnot. And so this fellow that, that had invited him to North Star, they, they were had become friends. And, and he, he was also hopeful that Zach truly had become a Christian. 
and they go off to the uh, become students at the University of Cincinnati. They they get in a house together with some other guys, um, and um, uh, but Zach seemed to be so taken up with this end time prophecy. It just was so so absorbing of him, and anybody he could get to. Uh, share it with he was was doing that and 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 and, and wasn't uh, uh, too long before he would even have the small groups gathered around him listening to him and mm. um, he began saying that he was hearing directly from God God was even telling him uh, what he was to do that day uh, just just hearing the voice of God directly like this and. And, uh, but, um, he drops out of school and he moves into an apartment in Marymont. Uh, and I, I know that Brian Roselli was also there with him. I don't know whether Brian was at that house or not. Brian Roselli is a couple of years older than Zach. And I knew that I did know him at some point, um, before college days. But anyway, um, those two at least, uh, went into this apartment in Marymont. Uh, and um, wanting to study scriptures and be wholehearted, devoted to Christ. And and uh, I believe there was a third person. I don't know whether that person came at the beginning with them or joined them a little bit later. My understanding is that person came into some disagreement with some things Zach was teaching and left. Um, but um, uh, he continued his teachings and more wanted to be this wholly devoted followers of Christ too. And, and as, as some more came, they ended up buying this house uh, known as the Gladstone house, uh, which, which the community took on as their name. The house was actually a, a, uh, it's an older house, but it had originally been a Sears catalog uh, house that you order the house and all of the, materials for the house get delivered to site and then it gets built on site and so that's where they got their name gladstone um and and so in that original house they were starting to hold some of their meetings now as the group was getting larger and larger and it was drawing now both guys and girls who really wanted to be so committed so following the lord and um um, but I, it was my understanding that the majority of them were attending at North Star on Sunday mornings, at least. And um, Zach would, would say that he left, I think, in 2010, uh, North Star, with their blessing, he, would, he said, uh, to pretty much meet on their own. But I have heard from uh, others that know they were pretty much asked to, to leave because they were... Um, uh, concerned about some of the teachings that that were coming from them, uh, from Zach, um, mm-hmm. and and then as they apparently as their numbers were getting, they were packing so many into this Gladstone house. For meaning they were really overcrowded, and at some point they they got into good steads with um, with uh, Dennis Bosinger there at uh, Marymont Community Church. Um, they um, and they began meeting together, and so by 2013, December, is when we started meeting there uh, with them, and they were still growing in numbers. Nice. And they grew in numbers rapidly while we were there. We saw them go from, like, about 50 to about 100 
in in the first three years that we were there, they were just growing, growing, growing. Right. And that growth just seemed like a like a a um, a token sign of of God's blessing. I guess that uh, yeah. the churches all believe that this was a sign of God that they that they were truly uh, a, a young group of young radicals for Christ who were trying to live their life for Jesus, and it just seemed like a like a dream come true that they wanted to help uh, get a part of, right? Exactly. However, mm-hmm. that that first young fella that knew him from elementary school and had been a part for a period of time of his first group that was chasing demons um, and uh, also went into the house that, uh, near University of Cincinnati when they entered uh, school there. Now, Zach dropped out. He has had no formal education after high school. He, is a, he has no authority over him whatsoever. He is, a, he is his own authority. And, uh, but this fella, um, when he saw him starting again, forming a group at, at, when they were at, at, over by UC, over by University of Cincinnati, he had growing concerns that, oh, no, Zach is at it again. And, and he never, ever saw any conversion experience with Zach, even though people like at North Star thought, oh, what a zealous, wonderful young man. He never saw any repentance over over the demon chasing and the and the if, if nothing else acting out like he was demon possessed uh, behavior. Um, and he had tried many times to try to talk with Zach about this. Zach won't have anything to uh, do with meeting with him. Uh, Zach has expressed that he has repented to a few of them, and but none of them agree. They they none of them have had him come. And repentance, and he feels that there has been no conversion, even though some have feel like they see this zealousness, and that must be therefore uh, a true um, uh, follower of Christ. And uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, in hearing this testimony and this background, and no real repentance of that kind of involvement with demon activity. Uh, I think it was in 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 the Christy Hilton's uh, podcast that that she was saying that, um, and, I, and I hope I'm not mis misconstruing uh, what she said, but uh, that it, it probably was goes way back. All of this stuff it didn't just start with Gladstone, uh, and that this there's this evil entity that is driving Zach. And, and and others have come on board with it that he's brought in in leadership with him that goes all the way back to those early days and some have brushed it off oh he was just a kid he was just a youth it was this just silly stuff uh he he was just imitating stuff from that Buffy the vampire show whatever it was and and the discounting it i do not discount a demonic behavior i do not discount even pretending demonic manifestation and it was very convincing to these young people enough that they i mean they were not stupid even if they were young high school kids they're not stupid they saw reality and Mm. it didn't look like it was pretended right and i i am of the opinion that this stuff has been with him that there's been demonic entities controlling him and influencing him using the name of jesus christ in doing it like that's 
like that's the true authority, but there that is not the true gospel that is being preached yeah. there at yeah. Gladstone. What is being preached there is fear and control and vindictiveness and 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 the wrath of God over them. Christ's gospel sets free, it's freedom, it's liberty, it is you are no longer slaves. And that is not what Gladstone teaches. Yeah. And, then, and there's something that needs to be very carefully considered by all those who are probably of a, of a more skeptical, secular mindset, who can probably think that they can explain away the phenomenon of somebody like Zach Kaczynski in, in terms just plainly of of a, of a of a kind of a humanistic naturalistic kind of explanation. Well, he was just a disturbed kid. He was a creative young man, and uh, he got together a lot of other creative young people, and and they all affected a certain term, and and so therefore uh, we, we explain away you know all of this in terms of just. You know, immaturity and, and, and transference and all kinds of other psychological terms, which, which basically gets, uh, Zach uh, coming off as if he's just a victim of his own youthful, um, uh, indiscretions. But there's a lot more to be said, as, as you've mentioned, June, about, about the character of the, of the enemy of our souls, the demonic for, uh, world that does exist. And it's not something that we talk about much in, in when we talk about cults, but it is a very real thing. And and demonism and 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 unclean spirits and deceptive spirits have always worked very closely uh, in in cultism in ways that uh, we sometimes don't always see. And, and for someone to so readily submit themselves to that kind of of inspiration and control without ever repenting or coming clean of it. And who just simply walks into a church and develops his own following, and then leaves that church to create his own little crew out there on Grace Street, I believe is there. Uh, that's a lot to be said there. There's a lot that 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 that, that can be said. We don't have time for, but which should be remembered in that that there there are there are no easy answers. To everything, but in in terms of this, you know, when the scripture speaks about. What we talked about when I first started, we mentioned that, you know, that, that we should always remember that, that the Satan himself becomes an angel of light and that his ministers become ministers of righteousness. That yeah. just exactly puts into the right perspective of the phenomenon of Zach Ajinsky. He's, he's a very, very callous young man with, who has every sign of being a complete narcissist who's so wrapped up in his own good. He sees no other good except his own and his own control over things. And, and, and demonic spirits do drive people under those sort of things. To what extent isn't really known, but we can certainly guess at it, and I, and I think legitimately so. And I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind as we discuss, you know, your your, your involvement there and, and how you got to be involved. I don't think you were demonically possessed. I think you saw the zeal. Uh, you were no way possessed. Or, or, or You just saw the zeal of young men and women wanting mm-hmm. to truly love Christ, and that's how mm-hmm. you got involved. And, and Zach was very much in the background, kind of being the quiet puppet master. And I think that's where we're exactly where, where we are now, so... You're so much involved with them, so you, but you never actually joined. You just uh, had just, we just, you just love fellowshipping with them. You never actually became members of 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 the, of the community. Is that right? No, we did not. Um, we were aware that they 
uh, lived in community. They had a bunch of houses, guys' houses, girls' houses. They had a few sing or a few couples, married couples' houses, each couple having their own house. Um, and we were aware that they shared a common purse. Um, uh, we were not interested in being part of that common purse, um, but we had no problem with with them uh, doing that. How, how um, did you understand common purse to be? What was that, what was that as you saw it? Well, they literally gave their whole income, their whole um, earnings, their whole paycheck, whether they worked in community or out of community. Of course, um, those in, com- in community, whatever, if they had a business or something, that, that would be turned in. But they literally would sign over their paycheck, and and then they would, the single ones, or they, they got a um, $100 stipend per month, uh, to live on, but all of their bills would be taken care of. Um, so they had no, I mean, if they had auto insurance, those would be taken care of. If they had medical bills, those would be taken care of. Um, so they, they had nothing else to be concerned about. The community was going to take care of all that. Mm. And, and in talking with, with uh, most of them, in fact, I don't recall anybody ever being upset about that, they they just thought that was just wonderful. They had no no needs among them because they they shared all things in common that way. Right. Um, right. They shared things like clothing together. Their their vehicles were even though you might have come into community with a vehicle, it basically became the communities. Anybody who needed it could use it, and um, so they had relatively very few possessions of their own. They brought into into community, they they uh, where their houses were. That's relatively an older older community, and houses were smaller, like with one bathroom, um, maybe three bedrooms, small smaller rooms, and they put bunk beds in these rooms. And there was really no room to bring in your favorite possessions from right from uh, whatever you had before. Mm-hmm. And then okay. they they just seem to find that very workable, right? And that's great. You know, that's 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 never an issue. That does that's a complete lifestyle choice that a community can make. That's certainly I, I, anyone could respect you know, their choice or something like that. Uh, and so it's just what happened and what where that went later is where the real I think trouble be, began. But we're, we're we're kind of ahead of ourselves now, so. So uh, I understand that, you know, in 2015, Gladstone then changed your Sunday service to 1030. So at that point, right. you, you and your husband discontinued meeting with, with them and with, with, with Marymount. And uh, yeah. since you could no longer work with both groups. So so over the next few years, you began at that point getting really to really dig in and really get to know them very well. And uh, you typically had uh, your time with them and, and it was, of course, a very beneficial, very, very edifying thing. So, um, certainly sounds like a, like a, like a, like a good source of fellowship and rooting and centering of some of one's personal life. And, and, uh, so there was, uh, I just, I guess, like I said, just so much wonderful things you had about, but at some point though, there were some things that you started to see that weren't adding up and, uh, that were going on in the midst of that. I was wondering if you maybe kind of start sharing what, what some of those might were. 
Well, you know, the first concerns that came up were just sort of uh, oddities. Um, for example, began to notice that no new couples were forming. Mm. And, um, you know, with that, with that amount of young people, both guys and girls, that many single ones, not that it should have been a matchmaking uh, uh, place, but if they all love the Lord, what better place to find a mate if you wanted somebody also who wanted to follow Christ wholeheartedly? And no no new ones were forming, but in the early days, and, and actually prior to when my husband and I got involved, uh, at least three couples had naturally formed. And, and um, uh, two of them got married right after we had become part of it. Uh, so it just seems so odd and strange that no new couples were forming. They 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 uh, had great friendships among each other, like brothers and sisters, but there was no um, any pairing up. And I thought that is really strange. And um, another thing that I would begin to realize is they had had prior. In the early, in the in first uh, maybe two years of our involvement, they were, we were seeing a number of, come, of uh, young people coming over from Teen Challenge after they had finished the program there. And right. I, with the Teen Challenge um, uh, Drug Rehab Center. Right. And um, so I thought it was. Uh, odd that we were not seeing any more coming because they used to uh, uh, there would be some from Gladstone that used to still stay involved over at Team Challenge and encouraging, encouraging some of the men and women uh, in that program and all of a sudden there weren't any more I thought hmm, that's interesting and um, but then um, go ahead I was going to ask, they had cooperative relationships with other groups like Teen Challenge from around the area there that, in which other people were coming, weren't they? Or did yes. they all just suddenly stop at this coming at the same time? No, um, no, no. They, they, as far as I know, they also have a good relationship with um, Pure Life um, Ministries in uh, Northern Kentucky, uh, which they deal with. Um, uh, like sexual addictions, and um, so they still, at least as far as I'm aware, uh, still have uh, a number that are encouraged to come out of that program okay. and become part of Gladstone. All right. Um, All right. So among, among the... See, I'm sorry, go ahead. We began to see these Israel trips that they were going on, and at first it seemed marvelous and wonderful. They would have... Um, fundraising to raise money to go to Israel and and a whole bunch of them would go and we thought that is amazing and uh, but then when it got repeated again uh, the next year and they were taking more and some of uh, some went uh, again and um, I thought wow that's quite an endeavor and then there was another one where they were wanting to take uh, some people from Guatemala and Mexico and India that they had uh, had outreaches to and over the years and thought that would be a great way to bless them and they were taking a huge number and so the amount of time that those in Gladstone were having to commit 
to extra working hours and extra jobs to uh, fund these things, they were like almost like working two full-time jobs, their ordinary mm. job, and then all this fundraising. I go, this is insane. Yeah. They're driving these kids ragged. Right. And so these kind of things were just increasing, like what on earth is going on here? Who were the people in Mexico, Guatemala, India that they were sponsoring? Were they, how did they meet them? How, how did that, those relationships come about? They were actually doing that. Well, I never went on any of those trips, but um, from what I can recall, I believe that they were contacts that they had made through involvement with the back-to-back ministry in Mason, Ohio, that that um, does arrange for short-term mission trips for people uh, if they would like to go and help. Uh, that's an organization that, um, very wonderful organization that, that has a ministry, especially to like orphans in various places. And okay. so they had gone on these trips and some of these, and, and they were sometimes making repeat trips over the years and had built good relationships with uh, them. And the yeah. India one, uh, I don't know whether that was through that same ministry or how they developed uh, contacts there. Mm. Okay. So they felt obviously very, very passionately uh, committed to providing for, well, for people in third world countries, uh, other believers, the opportunity to, tra- to travel to Israel. And they were really, com- really doing all they could, even to the point of burnout, to make that possible. So uh, that certainly does sound like a rather overzealous kind of thing. What, what other things did you kind of see? I understand you saw a lot of twisting of scripture and, and some yeah. of the conversations that you were having were, were starting to sound very, very alarming. Yes, um, because as we were getting to know these uh, young adults on a on a, a very real uh, personal level, uh, we would hear conversations now and then coming from some of them about how um, struggling with um, really being able to uh, even read scripture and understand exactly what it was saying. Uh, you know what is really what is really the truth? What is the, what, what's the right um, understanding of it? And uh, also questioning things, having having concerns of. I, I've I've had different ones mention. You know, they've struggled with leaving. Uh, was it time to move on? But having such great fear that the wrath of God might fall on them, or they. They would would probably fall away from the faith and end up in hell. They had like lost all confidence in in having any assurance of of salvation. Um, and uh, this uh, yeah. instability in them, and also becoming aware of, uh, especially among some of the uh, women of of. Um, Crying episodes, um, you know, I would, they had like, a, they would grow some of their own uh, food. They had a small greenhouse thing and I, you know, I'd hear of somebody being some, one of their women being in the greenhouse alone, just sobbing um, yeah. and um, fearful of really opening up uh, what they were really struggling with. Um, I had gone out occasionally I might have one want to go out to grab a bite to eat or go on a walk 
or whatever, and they might share a little bit of what they were struggling with. And, um, but it would always come back with basically that, um, they, they've just got to get the right attitude, got to get the right servant attitude, got to, um, just, you know, just take it all by faith. And I just felt this great confusion and fear and, um, hesitancy and, of really opening up and being genuine with what they were really dealing with. It, 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 I was beginning to see some changes and some personalities of um, when it came to when it came to really trying to allow them to express what was really concerning of their on their hearts. Right. Um, I've, I've seen some just break down in tears and unable to know how to express it. Um, uh, I've, I've seen some, um, uh, one particularly uh, pretty close to a breakdown, feeling that she's just getting so frail, being so concerned for her. And, um, but yet they just felt so, um, like it was all their fault, that, that there was something wrong with them, that there right. was something they weren't, uh, somehow we're missing getting on board with or something. Their mind needed to be somehow fixed. So they were, so they felt like they were a failure somehow by having all these negative feelings and doubts and inner struggles when really they should be the happiest people around, right? I mean, isn't that what they were taught? They were made to feel like you're, you're in, you're in the, at the gates of heaven here. You know, why, why are you having these problems? Is that, it's kind of how, well, how yes, they made you feel. And, you know, when you're a newcomer or anybody that comes visit or anybody they invite, they do come on like that. They they will give that persona. They're joyful. They're loving. They're great. Uh, but after they, they um, after we would get to know some of them more on a much closer level, some of them were confiding with some inner struggles they were dealing with. And um, so more of a true, real self was uh coming forth uh, but yeah when they would just meet somebody or whatnot they would get on you know do the group thing of loving and embracing but um uh, i was beginning to see a different self underneath of yeah. struggling in some of them right so you're starting to see something really, really darker going on instead of the an image of christ being formed on there's an image of of fear uh, yeah, image definitely of, fear. Yeah, I mean, they, definitely you, fear. Yeah, you said, and um, some expressing. They, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I mean, they had to get permission for absolutely everything. So there was fear that they'd be turned down on something. Um, there was fear of getting reprimand because any that that did go and question something or had a doubt on something. Or even express, you know, I'm not sure I should stay here anymore. Maybe I need to move on. They would, they would be challenged or, or told that's just proof that you need to stay here because that doubting is showing you're starting to walk away from God. You need to stay here. Oh, man. And so they were just second guessing themselves all over the place. And, um, and I was beginning to realize they are being absolutely brainwashed, but it's this fear, this, this fear because uh, whatever leadership they would go to, I think every 
house had a particular elder they were assigned to. So I think that was their first line. Uh, if they, if their house uh, leader or whatever didn't do it, there was a house elder above that they could go to. And they would always be seemingly told why what they were feeling was, you know, here's why you're feeling that way. You know, you're whatever. And if they took it more challenging, like, no, I don't think so, whatever. And then it would go into a different level, like, like um, uh, your attitude is bad. You're not um, um, submissive enough. Yeah. And these kind of things, and yeah. and then they would begin to think, oh, that that's oh, I'm, you know, I'm who are the people that were imposing these these interrogations, these questions upon them? I mean, I mean, you're you're mentioning that, but there was this wasn't something coming from amongst themselves. They were getting it from from a top down elder authority figure, wasn't it? Well, it could. Um, Yes, it could be if, 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 some, if some matter they felt they needed to address to an elder, yes, it would come from an elder, but it could come from a house leader as well okay. um, that could come down on them. Um, and, and definitely when they really were, ra- and they were raising some really serious concerns, you know, I don't think this is how it should be kind of questions. Uh, those would usually end up with um, either Zach himself or one of the other elders. Um, it could also be another another person that wasn't an elder, but they I, I used to think of them as the strong man, you know, that uh um strong man in the sense he he would be um uh, what do I wanna say, remind me of the bouncer at the bar, you know, the guy <laughs> <laughs> we will keep here in the line kind of thing. But um Yeah. Kind of like a, like a brute squad, for lack of a better word, you know, using the old Princess Bride movie reference, but just a, just a group of, of, of people who are there to strong arm people to, to handle them, to make sure they were kept in line. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Became, it also became obvious that, um, Zach, uh, is very personable. He, he's very, very likable. Uh, he's enjoyable. He's got a great sense of humor and he's got also a very, uh, serious side. I mean, he proclaims his teachings very authoritatively. He, he, um, he's very easy to listen to. He's very convincing. Um, we couldn't help but like him. Um, very, very nice. And, and we admired that he was also allowing some of the, uh, uh other young men there to also take turns of teaching, uh, to help grow them spiritually. Um, but we soon became to realize that it looked like the elders that they had were just pretty much henchmen of him, uh, to pretty much carry out his desires. Um, and, so Zach was um, orchestrating all this. He, he was the one applying the, uh, the lash, for lack of a better word. He was the one actually applying all the, 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 the discipline and direction to those who seemed to be wavering. Is that what you're saying? I would say I would say definitely yes, even though he might not have been on the scene as far as in a particular uh examination of somebody and, and, and questioning their their uh whatever they brought. He may not have always been there, but I believe that they were his elders or whoever might appoint were carrying out what he wanted done. Mm-hmm. Um yes, he definitely has the control there and the say. 
and um, and his word is followed. And and I had heard more than a few feel that he heard directly from God, and and um, you know they needed to listen to him. And and some considered him, you know, the most godly, humble person they'd ever met. Um, um, but um, and this is something. But you I know. also, but uh-huh. I also had some conversations with some that shared with me some deep hurt that they had, and um, and they, they something that would linger very, very. Um, and these were separate conversations. None of them knowing the other had said such a thing to me, and they were over different times. It didn't happen in the same uh, month or even year, perhaps, but. Um, the, the one deep thing uh, that I would hear at different times was being told that by by somebody in authority there that uh, they, if they had ever raised a question or something, that they were the most selfish person that they had ever encountered. And that was so hurtful to them because they were so striving to follow Christ and be like him. And, and sure, they're not perfect, but to be told that by leaders and 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 then every time I would hear this from somebody, I think oh, this is awful. This tactic is is repeated over and over again. I would not let them know that I've heard this from others. And and one of the young women had said, um, "Would you like to know who said that to me?" And I said, "Only if you want to share it." And she said, "It was Zach." Mm-hmm. And and uh, it was so piercing because they ha- she had put such confidence in him and his teaching, and, but it amounted to uh, her absorbing that I don't measure up. I, I'm, I'm still in all of my wanting to follow Christ and, and follow this thing. And yes, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm still not measuring up. And it was such a deep, deep uh, wound to her heart. Uh, but um, this is a pretty normal thing, right? I'm sorry. Well, apparently, because I had heard more than uh, more than just a few uh, privately share that in confidence. Yeah. And um, so you're beginning. And so this was also the beginning of seeing different tactics, and um, that were being told them. And and um, and another thing, when somebody would be gone, because we knew them all. And uh, so we, if somebody wasn't there, we would miss them. Like, where is so-and-so? And we would hear something like, oh, you know, um, sadly, they left the faith. Yeah. And I thought, what? I mean, I just talked with them, you know, a week or two ago. And they were so vibrant, so growing in the Lord and so sincere. And I I wasn't buying it. I go, something is not right. Some This wasn't measuring up. And I would email them or try to contact them and, and express that I missed them and, and um, uh, understand that they had left community and bless them and appreciate getting to know them and, and um, never would hear from them. Yeah. But that is really odd. And then I later learned that they were told and almost made to promise that they in leaving were never again to have any contact with anybody there. And um, so they weren't going to break that uh, vow. And it was really only after our letter went out and I didn't, and did include in that 
uh, copies to some that I knew had left in the time frame that we'd been there. And they were the ones, the ones, the former ones, they were the ones we heard from immediately. Thank you so much for expressing this. This is exactly what's going on there. Yeah. And, um, um, and we began to hear more and more stories and they were all sounding like uh, recordings of one another of what had gone on. And they were just horrible, horrible, evil, evil statements that were being said to them, horrible things just from the pit of hell being told yeah. them and put downs. It was just absolutely uh, wretched. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And unfortunately, that's again, uh, as, as I've mentioned in the past, an all too familiar tactic of many abusive movements and groups and people who can, out of the corner of one mouth, sound so absolutely profound and, 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 and incredibly sensitive and, and they can sound like these really biblical, uh, giants who could who could spell out what love is and peace and community and and make everything look as if as if they were organizing the most perfect form of that and yet at the same time out of the corner of their other side of their mouth they are absolutely ripping people to shreds they're accusing them of all kinds of things they use these put downs which are supposed to bring polish off their character uh and and that and that they they feel that they can commission others to put forward this witch hunt on knowing everything about individuals that so they can they so they can control them and that's something that you saw as well right oh my goodness yes the uh especially during their um Thursday night bible study which very few from the outside would attend actually very very few would attend their sunday service either Occasionally, a parent or, or family member or somebody that knew them would show up, but really, they were pretty much to their uh, own selves. Although they were open to anybody, so the, the Sunday morning and Thursday night, but uh, they um, would, uh, on various times, have uh, in their, uh, especially Thursday evening meeting. Not every week, not every month, but occasions where they were to go to somebody if they had offended somebody or, or or had some sin they needed to confess they they needed to go and confess it and when you first see this it is so touching it's just so beautiful right. um and uh, you think wow this is the, the pureness of their hearts wanting everything right and everything right in relationship and i honestly believe that the ones that are in gladstone um especially those not in leadership, but I, I would even include uh, some, even some of the elders really um, that this, they really wanted this pureness, this, this uh, um, nothing between them, this confession of sins and whatnot. So it was a beautiful thing, but um, I was having some common confessing so-called sins to me. And I'm, and I'm going that, that no, that that's, that's not a sin there. There is nothing with that. There's, there's nothing there that needed to be confessed. And I wasn't trying to be, um, pass it over or anything. And it was yeah. striking me like, this is, this is kind of nuts. This wasn't, it wasn't a sin. And, but they would feel so, um, um, impelled that it was. But there was one or two occasions in our last month there, um, that this was going on and, and, um, 
uh, I became very disturbed um, with it because Zach was up front and uh, there was another elder of which I'm not sure which one it was offhand. But I was watching him writing down notes and you could see him looking across the the auditorium of the church there and it was almost as if he was writing down who was going to who and, you know, confessing, not that he could hear what they were confessing, but it was almost as if he was noting down, okay, this person went over and talked to that one, this one talked to that one, and and then I saw him go off to the side and was talking with somebody, but also looking over and kind of indicating, uh, in, uh, pointing something out. I thought, are, are they keeping track of who's got a whatever with somebody? Hmm. It just was, it just hit me not well. It, I didn't like it at all. Right. And uh, I am, maybe I totally misread it, but it just struck me that way. And, um, uh, but after what I had already been hearing from some that were in community struggling and from some that had left community, I, it, it just, that's just what it looked like. Yeah. Um, that they were trying yeah. to keep track of who was doing what and to lord over them. They, it was like they needed to know every, every sin, every bad attitude, every disobedience, every impure thought. I mean, they were just constantly, this was kind of like, a control over them, lording over them, and they, and they would bring it up to them. Anytime anybody wanted to leave, they would they would throw in their face. You're just going to fall back into these old behaviors, uh, um, and and that would put fear into people. And I've had different ones express to me, I'm, I'm scared to death to leave that I might fall back into that, uh, having no confidence at all in the Lord. Their whole confidence was in Glad- Gladstone saved them. Right, not Jesus Christ, and that was I thought this this faith is in, on the wrong place, yeah, in, with the wrong ones, right. Uh, and so you know we saw, and, and many people have saw that had seen, uh, so-called transformed lives, and quite frankly, it looked amazing. Uh, former drug addicts, I mean, we could see them come in looking pretty messed up, and then they would be so cleaned up and and feel so. Tra- and appear to be so transformed and, and talk of, of this new life that they've found and, and, um, and, and former practicing homosexuals and lesbians, you know, feeling, uh, accepted and, and received and, and giving new life and, and, um, people that had, had, uh, come from, uh, really broken homes where abusive homes where they almost felt like they had no home. Uh, to go to, feeling so welcomed and and their whole demeanor and whatever seemed so changed. And but as time went on, I began to wonder, and and my husband and I began to wonder: Are they really transformed by Jesus Christ, or is it the total control mm. of um, yep. the leadership? In the same way that there are many secular uh, rehab places, I, I remember. Uh, talking with a an individual many years back, way before we were ever involved with Gladstone, uh, telling how he could go into, uh, he had dealt with drug addictions. He said he could go into a drug rehab for 90 days and be cleaned up, get sobered up and everything fine. And as soon as he's back on the street, uh, it was back to it again. There was really no transformation. And, and I, 
began to wonder, is the so-called transformation we're see, we had seen at Gladstone, that cleaning up, is it because they're in such a controlled environment? Or is it really because of the work of Jesus Christ within right. them? Right. That certainly is a very deep question to, to consider because anyone can comply with a program that orders you around to live a certain way. Anyone can, can, can live under a rule of authority where you are made to, uh, actually bend your knee to every, every single regulation you're told to meet. You know, everything you're told to do, you just do. Yeah, every, and, and anyone can, can, can get involved. You, you can condition anybody for anything, uh, to escape you know, some slight, some problem like drugs or alcohol or whatever, um, substance abuse. You you get, you get people in that kind of environment where they're completely closed off from the outside world and made to believe that everything in their life depends upon pleasing somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you're going to see change. Yes, you're going to mm-hmm. see transformation. Yes, you're going to see some cleaning up. But, 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 you know, one of the wisest things I've ever heard from a Sunday school teacher of, of mine in the past was that, is that righteousness is not, is not an absence from sin. It's completely mm-hmm. different. Just because you don't sin, just because you don't do certain things doesn't mean that you've been made right and holy before God. It involves a matter of faith and self-discipline. It involves a matter of reaching out and, and relying upon God's spirit to tell you when you've done wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the spirit of God working through people. And I think Gladstone would want to believe that that's what they are doing. They're, 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 they're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with by making everybody just basically become open books to them. It's such an, mm-hmm. uh, such an unbelievably and unconsciously intrusive, uh, way to do that. That's just unbelievable. So all during this time, June, while you and Ernie are there, you're, you're fellowshipping, you're seeing such really seemingly wonderful things going along among the zeal of these young people. They, they, they just seem so intent and so sincere about serving one another and being honest before God and, and changing the world where they are and, in the middle of all these meetings and all these times you're all together eating and, and sharing with your lives with one another, all of this other stuff is what's going on. Where you're, where you where there's an exercise of put downs and, and a witch hunt by leadership to find and keep lists of sins and, and things. That, I mean, all these just really unsavory, uh, ungodly attitudes surfacing. Where they're, where they're in the middle of all this other great stuff. You, you're seeing, that's, that's what you were seeing there, right? Basically what you were seeing, June, was the, uh, rather paradoxical, uh, phenomenon in which, uh, a person can wonder legitimately if they can get both sweet and bitter water from the same fountain, right? Yes. I mean, that's basically what you were seeing. You're seeing people who seemingly had it all together or trying to get it all together for God and just absolutely losing it. And, and, and particularly the ones losing it were the leaders who should have known better, right? Yes. 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 That was what was, uh, disconcerting was realizing things, especially from those who left or were thinking about leaving or had expressed, um, some concerns over over whether or not this was the right truth or something, 
uh, from leadership, they were told things, and, and I was just getting aghast at what they were being told. Um, right. And some of these things were that some, some were expressing that desire to leave out of what seemingly was so disturbing, but yet they were so uh, taken in by the char- the charisma of, of the whole situation that they believed that they would come under the wrath of God and end up d- possibly dead or in hell. Yes. And it didn't help that there had been a young man that had become a part of them. And um, at, at some point he did leave. And, and not long after that, he did die. And so that was just... Um, given very solemnly as an example of what could happen. Wow. Um, and uh, so that pretty well would have stuck with those that were there at that time uh, as as the reality of what they were saying. Right, right. Man. That, 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 uh, in, in, in the way that that could happen to each and every one of them. Wow, yeah. The ultimate uh, example, you know. So yeah, you, yeah. You, uh, you had been. Now, how long had you? You, you got there in 2013. How long was it before you started seeing these things start to really become very evident to you? Well, it was in our last six months there that things just really were uh, looking more magnified. So, from like September of 2017 un- until our, our we left in. Uh, March, middle of March of 2018. Okay. And, and, and our, uh, things were just, um, we were just seeing things more and more and more. They also, um, had invited us in, to become part of a, one of their couples home study groups. And then my husband was invited to be in a men's discipleship group and I in a women's discipleship group. And and now we were even moving in closer to things, and we were beginning to hear even more more things that were unsettling, and 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 also like in their discipleship group, the realization that they're pretty much given different uh, like a study sheet of what they're just studying in scripture, and didn't necessarily have time on their own to study scripture for, for themselves. For one, they were kept way too busy. I mean, they're told basically when to wake up, what they're going to be doing all day, and when they are to go to bed, their their time is totally controlled, and and even what they're studying and in scripture, that's pretty well um, directed as well. That they don't have too much time on their own uh, to really get into the scriptures to allow God's spirit to to uh, speak to them, mm-hmm. other than answer the questions that they've asked them to answer. Right, because they were they had such a regimented lifestyle. Everybody was constantly on the go. Very regimented, very wow. regimented, absolutely. Wow. And also hearing from uh, some parents wow. that had uh, young people in community feeling so distraught, like they had lost their kids that they, they could barely have contact with them, or they, or if they ever did visit with them, they would come with somebody from the community. It's like they could never have time alone with them. and Or about the only time they could see them was if they came to a community event. And um, and if any parent dared challenge, you know, what was going on, it was like, uh, basically, I, we, I can ha- have any more uh, uh, 
contact with you. You know, you're, you're, and, and the kids were very well programmed to, to shun the parents. Um, and, um, mm. and, and parents talking about, um, like, um, losing the personality of their young adults there. And because some of them would come to these events and see my husband and I there, it was like, what are you doing here? You know, this place is terrible. And, and like I said, for like three years, we, we defended them as far as being a cult. We, we just thought they were pure hearted, wanting to follow Jesus. And I really believe many of them uh, are like that there. They really, really truly do want to live wholehearted, committed lives. Um, and they feel like they're never measuring up. Um, and, and unless they're totally in obedience to all that they're leaders because they're supposed to. So if uh, I was a parent and I came up to you during one of those events and, oh, I mean, and I began expressing my concerns to you such as, well, how come my children can't ever feel, can't ever come to my home without having somebody in the community with them? Uh, how come uh, my, my children just seem so nervous all the time? What would you say in defense of all that? How, how did you defend those things? Well, you know, it, it would just sort of be like, well, there's such a bond to them, and they're so uh, united in heart, such close relationships, and and um, you know, they're they're still growing up, they're still maturing, and um, it might just be a, a phase. I, you know, maybe don't need to take it quite as to heart, or but the more I was hearing it, the more I was realizing. Um, yeah, they're, the the son or the daughter has missed it, um, but still maybe not at the point of realizing it was being handed down from the community. Just this sort of growing up phase where they want to get their independence, they want to spread their own wings, become free of mom and dad. So I was more looking at it like that uh, as opposed to um, – the control of the community, uh, limiting their outside contacts or, or, or with family that may possibly influence them, uh, out of community. Hmm. Wow. So you really would just stand up and, and, and take it on the chin and, and they would be just, I guess those parents left about as confused as when they got there, didn't they? <laughs> oh, I, I, I am sure there, um, some of them were, quite confused that we were so involved and and um i I just thought you know they're really growing in the lord and it seemed great we and another concern parents had were uh some of these kids were maybe in college and they might have dropped out they might have been on track for a great career and and maybe already were working in a career while at work and then all of a sudden they they leave all that because that's vain and then they pick up a janitor kind of a job or something. I was like, this is nuts. But the the kid would express, you know, this servanthood, I need this servanthood attitude. And it sounded, it sounded kind of admirable, um, a little bit wacky, but you, you kind of, because they're young people, you kind of put it in. They're not mature enough yet. They're still growing. We learned by, experiences and it seemed like their heart was in the right place so we we um yeah we we defended them um and um but as time went on things we were realizing uh this is this is community-wide 
um, and this is being instructed to them this way, and, um, and we were gaining a bigger perspective. But good night. It took three years to really begin to be deeply, deeply concerned about what was going on. And, right, right. And, so and that they had indeed fallen into cult-like behavior. Yeah. And, and, and initially it seemed like cult-like and 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 the warning to be careful and these are the red flags you should be concerned about that people think cult when they see this things so be careful and and we knew that they were on the edge of becoming a full blown cult um maybe not quite at the point yet of saying they had actually but um uh Drank the but it was really it was really adding yeah. up more and more that this is indeed and and it became even more convincing because even after we left and our letter had gone out and some of them that had left we had sent the letter to and they were sharing our stories, we realized they had already crossed the line. They had already become a full-blown cult. Uh, and hearing Because, you know, I have no problem with people embracing a uh, common purse or living in community or or even certain kinds of behavioral things that may not, we might not embrace, but if they choose to do that, I have no problem with that if they voluntarily do that. As long as if they ever come to a place where they feel like this has been a great season in our life, it's the Lord has used it tremendously, but but I feel him calling us to to go on. And then they're free to leave with their blessing. And uh but that was not the case. They were not free to leave. And that and hearing the stories even after we left uh, that they were not free to leave. They were interrogated. They were belittled. They were, uh, I mean, absolute hell broke out against them. Terrible things that were said. Uh, we realized um, this This has gone. Um, uh, there, there are other spirits operating in Gladstone that is not the Holy Spirit. Uh, spirits yeah. of brainwashing, spirits of fear, spirits of control, uh, spirits of vindictiveness uh, that was that, that were coming straight from the pit of hell. It was not at all uh, from the Holy Spirit, and that became very very concerning. And yeah. for quite some some time after our letter went out, uh, in the dark of night, uh, late at night, I often drove through the streets where the Gladstone houses are just praying as I drove down the street over those houses uh, for them. And, um, uh, and and still, I don't, I don't I live at a different location now, uh, not as easy proximity, but um, um, I still, I still have such a heart for, for them that right. that are trapped there, literally trapped there, imprisoned there, but they don't really realize that. They're, and they're, fearful of of moving out of there, fearful of questioning anything, fearful of of making that leave. And and some of them have seen how others are treated uh, when they leave, um, you know, when they actually walk out of their house uh, with the um, not to return, how what what's what's said to them by some but um, like they're doomed to hell or they're falling away. They're just awful stuff, and that's been so ingrained in them. Yeah, you had, and, and there is so much of the culture that they made out to be as if it was a kingdom principle, 
and that's such yeah. as you know, such as the issue regarding divorce and remarriage. Uh, you you point out very well in some of our conversations in the past that you know girls entering there will never marry. Yeah, um, no, right. you know, they'll, I know. They'll be physically exhausted. There, there's there's no level of freedom without a fear. People can't people can't exercise freedom of conscience without a fear of rejection or criticism. That's it. It's total fear, absolute fear that controls them. And yeah. I have I have addressed a couple of parents that uh, have kids in there, and they've kind of some of them have kind of been glad, you know, they're they're they seem to be loving the Lord. They seem to like it, and they do. They act like they like it. Um, and um, maybe that's not what they would have chosen for them, but okay, if if that's what they have decided on, they will be, you know, somewhat supportive of that choice, even if it's not their preference. But when I mentioned to them that their daughters are never going to marry, you're never going to see grandchildren from them. That hits them. Hmm. That hits yeah. them. And they're go- and these girls may someday wake up in their forties or later and realize all these childbearing years have been robbed from them and they'll never be mothers in, in the natural sense, uh, away, uh, because these, this, uh, Years have been robbed from them in this in this pseudo family embracing that that they have come to think that that um, all is well. If that is such a loving community, why is it when any of them leave, they're cut off completely? Mm-hmm. That's love. And 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 after we left, and and one of the elders, Eric uh, Potterkerry, and and his wife, they wanted to meet with us, and we and we were very willing to meet with them, invited them to our home. Uh, uh, for a meal, and and when they came to the house, they they wanted to sit down first uh, before we ate to um, discuss some things, and so we sat at another table. And one of the things that I had said to them: Can you tell me anybody that has left Gladstone in these four years that we've been involved that has left with your blessing? And Eric immediately said, "Yeah," and he named somebody. I go, "Who?" And and Anna said um, uh, they left more than four years ago, and so then he thought a little bit more, and then he said it gave another name, and I said who? And Anna said yeah, that person left uh, more than four years ago also, and then they sat there and they could not come up with one person, not one name that had left Gladstone with their blessing. Yeah. And I found that very disturbing. And then Anna came back. She says, well, every group has its own culture. And then they came up with these ridiculous statements as far as, I guess they thought this was endorsing uh, uh, their their behavior and the way they handle things. Uh, Eric said, well, you know, you might go to a church and a young fellow might realize, oh, they all, all the men wear suits here. So if he's going to go back subsequently to any more meetings, he's going to put on a suit too so he doesn't look like the oddball out sort of thing. And then Anna says, yeah, she's free to not put on makeup. She can go uh, get dressed very casually. If her hair's messed up, it's okay and all that. Because you, this is cultural things. You can't avoid them. That is not the same as with somebody ha- you have uh, told them you're their you're, you're, you're forever family. You're, you love on them with Jesus Christ. And, and in their meetings, they want all this forgiveness. Go to one another and be forgiven of one another. But if you dare try to leave Gladstone, God help you because the wrath of God all of a sudden falls on you and they want nothing to do with you anymore. That is troubling to me. And yep. that is very upsetting to me. And that I will fight against 
And, you know, we got, and they wanted to, Eric, uh, they wanted to accuse us of slander because we had sent this letter out to all of them. And we go, this is not slander. We have written the truth. And they go, no, this is, this is not the truth. And uh, anything that you had mentioned that we had warned them about, that this is looking like cult-like behavior, he says, we have no written policy on any of this stuff. And, and we said, it doesn't matter if there's any written policy on this or not. It is happening in practice. Mm-hmm. And, and um, um, it, it, it was just ludicrous. And, and so he said, and he would come back again, this is still slander and you need to repent. And I said, it is not slander and there's no need for repentance. And, and he said, um, then we ask that you no longer use our contact list to contact anybody in community. And I said to him, I will obey only God Almighty. <laughs> and he said, okay. And they stood up uh, to leave. And I, I said, can we send home any dinner with you? He said, they said, no. And they walked to the door. We said goodbye. And they said nothing and, and walked out. And, and if that is the body of Christ, that if somebody decides to leave, and they come down that harshly on them and condemning them to hell. And they tried to justify it. Anna at one point, and it was the only time in our conversation where we met together, they were very self-spoken. They'd be, they were very gracious in, the, in their tone of voice and, and in talking with us. But at, at one point, Anna had, had said that um, 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 trying to regain my, my thought on um, if, if she said, if, if you knew, and, and these won't be her exact words because I don't have that quote in front of me. I, I did save it, but I don't have it in front of me. Uh, she said uh, essentially that, well, if you knew that somebody was headed to death, wouldn't you want to do everything to try to uh, spare them from that? And that this was the only time that a, a voice kind of got a little strong and, and she had tears in her eyes and, 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 and she kind of slapped her hand down on the table while she said, I certainly would hope so, kind of thing. And, and I thought, really, all of these people, you know, if they were new creatures in Christ, if Christ had redeemed them, why are you holding them slaves to their past? Yeah. Why are you so fearful that they're going to all go back into whatever behavior Christ redeemed them from? That's the church? Is that what, we, is that what all these churches are supposed to be doing? holding people prisoner to their sin. This is, this is, this is the cultishness that comes out in, in Gladstone. And that is very, very disturbing uh, to me. Yeah. And was that the last time you spoke to anybody there or have you heard, did you touch anybody since? Uh, Nobody within Gladstone we've had contacts with. I have had a hit and miss here and there, maybe one, uh, a year, maybe 18 months might go by where I might have a parent contact me and tell me their son or daughter got out. And I just, uh, many hallelujahs. Thank you, Jesus. One, one, yeah. the spirit of God yeah. spoke to and, and set free from there. Uh, but many are still enslaved. There are many, many, many who have been with Jack from pretty much early on are very loyal to him and steep there. Those that obey the rules, follow everything, they get better positions as far as more honor, more responsibility, more recognition, and and they've learned uh, what to do to um, 
uh, rise up, you might say, and uh, mm-hmm. they they like it there. They're going well there. But every now and then, I just got a call, uh, maybe two weeks, perhaps three weeks ago now, a mother I hadn't heard from in actually two years, and I got a call from her, and telling me that her child was was le- uh, was leaving and uh, been there a number of years, and it's like, oh, praise God, thank you so much for this one. Yeah. And um, yeah. Uh, and that's yes, they're men. very. Very brainwashed, and and uh, it's very very sad because they, so many of them truly 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 want to do what's right, but they're so bound, uh, so trapped, and yeah. and now also so confused in in knowing uh, real truth. Yeah. So uh, in so in your out and as you exited uh, Gladstone. As you, as you left the movement, and you, you left with an email to the to the email distribution uh, of the, of the group, and you let people know what was going on. Um, what were some of the consequences after that, and how did you guys handle leaving that? I'm, I'm sure that was a greatly disturbing thing. But uh, what were what were some of the the days like after you after you left? Well. Um First of all, we heard from um, almost no one from the community. Uh, one uh, young fella did did send a text and wanted to know whether we had gone to the elders first. I, I did not respond to that. Our, we were not at that point addressing any sin. We were addressing, we were telling them why we were leaving because we knew all of them. That's why it went out to everybody. We wanted them to all hear it from us, not any hearsay from anybody else, hopefully. We we sent a letter directly to every one of them, and um, um, so we were not addressing any uh, sin. We were addressing some practices that we were concerned about, uh, and to be careful because some of these things raise red flags in people's minds that this sounds like cult, and we were just warning them, be careful that you don't slip into cult-like behavior. Um, other things we became more aware of after we left, our letter went out and we started hearing more from people that had left and then telling our stories. And then we realized it was worse than we even saw. Um, so, and, and, and one other, uh, woman in Gladstone, uh, sent a letter and, and sort of just blessed us, um, and wished us well. Um, and I later, uh, a year or whatever later, I tried to get hold of email that person to find out if uh, she was still there, and I never heard back. So I assume she is, uh, and I think I did hear that she was. But I've really had no contact with anybody there, um, and um, uh, the, most of the contact, uh, uh, some of the our letter got passed on to uh, uh, some others, and. Um, especially those that had left were passing it on to some others. So it had gotten circulated in a certain sense that way. Yeah. Uh, so it's just been kind of dead silence in a sense. I did hear, though, from a mother whose who's, uh, child had left Gladstone. She said that they were uh, all told to delete the letter. Um, don't read it. If they hadn't, just delete it. And they were told that my husband and I had become unstable 
and they were not to have any more contact with us. And, and, um, you know, that's pretty much what they, that's, that's another thing they'll tell people. They become unstable and they, and it's been, if it, if they keep challenging some things, questioning things, or doubting things, that then they'll tell them they need therapy, and then they're gonna they they go to their appointed therapist, and they go accompanied with somebody. I I had uh, uh, one young woman who had uh, let me know that she was coming under psychiatric care, and I and I asked her uh, why, and she said because she. Uh, was diagnosed bipolar, and I I said uh, who who has diagnosed you as bipolar? And she said, well, she was going to this this uh, psychological group or whatever it was. I don't think it was psych psychiatric. I think it was just a psychological group. And she said uh, she had seen a nurse practitioner there and diagnosed her and put her on medication. And I just about blew up, but I didn't. I mean, inside I'm blowing up. And I'm thinking a nurse practitioner has diagnosed you as bipolar. And I said, how did you find this person? She says, well, one of the housemates or house, I'm not sure if it was a housemate or house leader, found them online, set up the appointment. I don't, I didn't inquire whether that person went with them and explained their problem with them or not. Uh, could very well be since that seemed to be how they had sent uh, yeah. people to yeah. their self-designated kind of person. Right. Just absolutely. Uh, blew my mind away. Again, another brainwashing, another control over them, another demeaning of them, another way to hold them captive there yeah. and and uh, just take total charge over their lives. Yeah. Well, how have you Ernie been doing since then? How have you guys, uh, are you guys attending any churches anywhere or, or what's it been like for you since? I'm sure there had to be a, a great shaking to you. Uh, but you sound like your roots are certainly pretty sound. You knew what you were doing when you get out, got in and got out. But uh, what have you been doing yourself since? Well, originally we started visiting some other churches and and not ready to weren't quite ready to settle down in one place yet because something like that just sort of does take the wind out of you. Right. And um, I just wanted to be with congregations that um, really knew how to worship the Lord and and um whatnot. But no, it, it, it was shaking of us to have to deal with this. Um and um uh, almost uh feeling like uh, Esther in the Bible, you know, that um who's to say, you know, being told uh, her that who's to say that you were not born for such a time as this. Mm, yeah. And um and her coming back, if I perish I perish and and feeling that God had brought us into this community to be part of exposing it. And uh, our foundation, our rock is solid. Our, we are anchored in Christ and, and we're, and, and, and very, very, um, um, uh, adhering to scripture and, and, uh, it, it's our, it's our life. It's our foundation. So we were are, are very grounded in the scriptures, and that's why we were able to once we got past the surface level and and got to get underneath and seeing other things that were happening 
became very disturbing and 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 and, and our discernment was able to see through the Holy Spirit we were able to see things that were just not right, not at all being directed by the Holy Spirit by but by other spirits not of God and um uh, and and continue to be very concerned for those in Gladstone, continuing mm-hmm. to to pray for truth to come out and for God uh, to do His work and to bring courage uh, to those in them that Scripture and God's voice will speak to them of what is truth and the courage to stand up and leave. Uh, I, I do feel that they've some of them have been so. Uh, emotionally and physically, mentally, and everything so uh, diminished that they they don't have the strength to do that anymore. They they do need help to get out. Uh, either a parent, an understanding parent that'll come and actually be there on site uh, uh, to uh, get them out of there. I mean, I've heard crazy stories of how people have tried to escape there, and. Um, uh, they need help. They, they, most of them have not have sent left. And, and back, my goodness, I couldn't tell you how many times that I've heard him over the years that we were there say, if you have a dollar left at the end of the day, you have, you've got too much. Uh, I mean, you've got to give it all. you got to mm-hmm. give it all. And, uh, and they were often told, even on their $100 stipend, that we needed to give it to missions or whatnot. So many of them were given much of it back. And, so, so they're they're not even allowed to accumulate any funds, and and they're and and if they become a behavior problem, that's that's one of the ways that they they bring them under control. They'll they'll keep their stipend from them. They'll they'll not have it for a month or whatever. It's very very controlling in those ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah. as far as my husband and I, uh, uh, we're grounded in the truth of God's word, and. Um, um, it, it didn't. It, it shakes us in a sense. It's very disturbing that this is going on, but it didn't shake our faith. If, if nothing else, it just it, it just had our roots go down deeper in our conviction of of God's word stands forever true, um, and uh, we have a vicious enemy, uh, Satan, who is very crafty, who is very much got a bullseye on on. Uh, believers to pull them down, drag them down. And he, as you mentioned before, that angel of light uh, disguised as an angel of light and, um, and can deceive so many, especially these young, vulnerable ones. But anybody of any age that really isn't grounded in Scripture, doesn't really know what Scripture says, and, and then sits under somebody who kind of tells them what this Scripture is saying, yeah. uh, and they have no clue if it's true or not. Um, uh, so, um, but our concern still is, uh, with this community that's uh, here and that they are still yeah. trapping people in it. Um, well, it's very, very obvious to me, June, that you and Ernie have certainly have a deep passion for truth, uh, a longing, uh, for the, the, all of God's people to be made whole and righteous and, and especially these young men and women who are there in uh, Glassdoor right now, who have known you, who have known of your doctrine, they've known of your of your um, your lifestyle. I mean, I, I, your lifestyle kind of reminds me of Second Timothy three ten, where where 
where Paul's writing to Timothy, you, you've carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions and afflictions, which happened to me. You know, I am certain that, you know, what you're sharing today, I, I really hope and, and pray. Uh, that I'd be certain that, that this is going to help a lot of people understand that, that, that there's a lot of questions coming up in their heads right now, which they've been pushing aside and trying to smother, but which your testimony is just simply going to make them understand. And I hope all you in Gladstone who are listening here is that you need to start asking yourself these questions and you need to start finding real answers for them. Uh, because yeah. in the last days, as, as Paul also wrote further up in chapter, uh, Second Timothy three, in the last days, perilous times are coming because men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and unloving. I mean, you want to read the you want to read what's going on uh, all around you. you. Might be there. Read Second Timothy three. You'll see a lot. And it's mm-hmm. our concern, and I, and we, we we share with you, June, Eric, and our prayer with you as well that that God truly. Uh, speak to, to the captives there. And, and truly, that's what the mission of Jesus is, isn't he? It's when he said, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach the gospel to the poor and to declare liberty to the bound. I mean, that's what this is all about. We want to see God's hand stir within the heart and minds yeah. of those there. So yeah. in closing today, after a really wonderful, wonderful and, and, and sadly eye-opening sharing with us, which we are so grateful for, June. Is there anything you'd like to say or anything specifically you'd like to uh, share with those at Gladstone maybe listening? Maybe Zach might be listening. Who knows? But maybe there's other people there who you can think of that you've been praying for that uh, you maybe like to give a leave a word of exhortation to. Is there anything you'd like to say next, as, we, as we close our podcast today? Yes, that... Um we truly, dearly love them, and including Zach. Um, I, I believe that he has just become terribly deceived, um, and 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 probably feels like he has vindicated himself and his behavior uh, for righteousness' sake, um, and um, that they would. Look at scripture, even the verse you just mentioned, because sometimes it's like, where do I start? Where do I look at? Uh, because it's been very confusing for them. They've been given uh, very specific understandings of scripture directed at them and, and pray and have the courage. And, and many of their parents would be so glad to help them to be, have the courage and the humility to say that they have come to the realization that that maybe this isn't what they thought it was, and mm-hmm. and they they need a break. They need to get out. Yes. And and ask for parental help or anybody's help. Um, get a hold of me and and Ernie for help and and getting out. We'd be glad to help in whatever way. Many of them feel they have no finances, no way, no place to go, no. No, uh, no means of supporting themselves. No employment, and there are people uh, that would gladly—a community of people that are con- also concerned about those in Gladstone who would gladly be supportive of them and help them in whatever way they could to help them get on their feet and 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 to provide the 
counsel that they might need, the understanding of what they've been through. And there are former Gladstone people that absolutely can identify with what they had been through that would be also supportive. They are not alone. They are not, they have not failed. They have not failed anybody uh, going through this experience here. They are not trapped. They are not under the wrath of God. Christ has died to give them freedom. They are no longer slaves. They, they can stand firm in Christ that, that God is faithful, that he who has called them is faithful to them, and he will complete that good work that he has started in them, that they can lean on Christ. They don't have to be concerned about leaning on the Gladstone community or the leadership there. They have God Almighty on their side, and there are uh, a number of uh, fellowships around. The body of Christ is not isolated to one place. And there would be many, many who would be supportive of them if they would just get the courage to, to reach mm-hmm. out and help, help us, help Amen. us to find the real truth and the freedom that Christ died to set them free for. Amen, sister. That is what it's all about. And if we, if you'd like to get help, if you would like to, us to put you in touch with people who can help you, uh, please reach out to us at help at spiritwatch.org. Believe me, every letter we receive there is, is confidentially held. And if you're actually seeking help from individuals, if you'd like to get in touch with them, uh, with, with people we've spoken to, uh, we'll just forward that on to you. We won't even, 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 uh, deal with it any longer because that's what we're here about. We are here about trying to help provide for you a perspective that's alternative to what you've been told all your life and truly uh, God is still at work in you doing a good thing, not a bad thing. You, you were born an original. You were born and you were made in the image of God. Don't die a copy of a sick and twisted um, bunch of scoundrels who want to keep you crushed down and beaten down in the name of Jesus. Well, that's not in the name of any Jesus that we know about. Uh, and then certainly we want to encourage you to please reach out and we'll be happy to help any way we possibly can. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.